0: Live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome.
1: I'm Carrie Ann Undercoffler. I am a single mama of four kiddos, and um, I'm a health coach, a certified health coach. I work with mind, body, habit building, finances, all of it, and really help support families into ultra health. And so I was a teacher. I was an educator. I went to school to be um, a teacher, and I have just found my passion helping outside of the classroom, like really in, in life, co- like you know, in life. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah.
0: So for our listeners, this was so funny. Carrie Ann reaches out to me. Was it Facebook? I think so. Yeah. And she, I was like, yeah. And she's like, hi, somehow like people we know, know each other. So maybe we know each other. And if not, so here we, we jumped on a call. We had the best time talking and I was like, Hey, let's just do a podcast interview together. <laughs> yeah. And here we are.
1: It's like, I don't know who you are, but you look super awesome and I love everything you do and I want to be your friend.
0: You were so <laughs> cute and you were such an inspiration the night that we spoke and then the next morning when you sent me whatever post that was, that was just so, um, yeah, it was so inspiring. So thank you. Thanks for being you. Oh my god. And oh, something, you. something you say tonight, someone's going to be listening and be like, oh my gosh, thank you. I need to hear that. And of all the topics you can cover, which we probably are going to pop back on and talk about more things in the future. But one thing we were just going to like pull out just for tonight, we were talking about kids. How do you get your kids to eat healthy, healthy eating? I mean, I remember when I was babysitting, this, this one parent literally would only have her kids because they only wanted to eat the fried chicken, frozen yeah. fried chicken, or like the 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 frozen like heat up meals and like they didn't even like vegetables and she didn't even make them eat them and I was like oh my gosh this is so bad this is so wrong and so anyway did your kids maybe we start with like did your kids have problems and what did you do with them and maybe someone listening we can tackle the other things around that. I love this question and you know what I wasn't even thinking
1: of Karen this is like the perfect time to be talking about it because we just finished Halloween. <laughs> and when I am like You know, I love a good celebration. I love a good holiday. I do love how on Halloween, like the neighborhood comes out and everyone connects and I just think it's sweet. Um, But that's, oh my Lord, that sugar. And so I, you know, the one thing I will say, I have always been a little bit of a hippie in terms of like how I feel my kids. And so Um, I erred to the side of natural even before having children. I actually ended up, this is a long story, but I ended up working for my chiropractor when I was pregnant with my first daughter. And I already knew the benefits of like whole healthy nutrition. And just working there solidified it the more I started to learn about health and how our bodies work and how everything is connected and so from a big be- from the beginning of <laughs> this is where i feel like my challenge <laughs> first baby right first baby is like i am snapping peas out of the shell to give to my oldest her name is hannah so i'm giving hannah like snap peas out of the shell and she only got a half hour of baby einstein once a week and she only <laughs> drank water and breastfed until she was like a million years old and you know all the things and then baby number two and that's when i think when when we begin to number one get comfortable and number two get busy it's easy to let those little things kind of slip and so what i had to recognize was number one calibration i i really don't think it's maintainable to think that our kids are only going to eat fruits and vegetables my kids trick-or-treat i mean we have a structure for when they come home what that looks like and how we handle the candy for the rest of the week um, because we only do, I, I can share that tip if
0: you'd like yeah, to, but, um, Go for it. Why not? Okay. It's, it's right. It's sitting in everyone's lap right now. Since we're
1: doing this. So what we, what we decided, I, I tried to do, um, the like switch game where the kids would like turn in all of their candy and they get a prize instead. And so I'd go get a present and wrap it up and be like, okay, leave your candy out at night. And then you're going to get a prize. Well, my kids were mad. <laughs> they were like, I just spent all that time trick or treating and getting this candy. And we really don't keep a lot of sugar in the house. So they really thought it was a treat. And so we had to come up with a different alternative to that. And so we came up with a family plan. I call it my calibrated plan where we, um, we actually get a piece of, I used to go to like Michael's and get the fancy Halloween paper. And now it's like maybe a notebook piece of paper, but just as a piece of paper, I fold it so that there's eight squares. We write their name on one square. And then once they get all their candy for the night, they get to pick out seven pieces of candy that they wanna eat for the rest of the week. And so they pick seven of their top favorite, and then we hot glue it onto their paper. We call it their candy calendar. And this has been a game changer because what they do then is no one's stealing candy from each other. If somebody gangs a piece off, it's clear to the whole house somebody took a piece of candy. It keeps me accountable to my goals. I'm not like sneaking candy out of the kids stuff. They don't have to ask me if they can have a piece of candy for that week, whatever's on the calendar they may have that day. You know, I just tell them they can't have it for breakfast. And um, usually we end up putting in their lunchbox or something. And then all the rest of the candy, they turn in and I used to give them a prize for it, but now they're older. So I just give them cash. I, I literally buy back their candy and they use that to go buy a game or go do something fun. And then I take all the candy and I get it out of the house. We've donated it in past years. We've um, it's, and honestly, Karen. Though this sounds terrible, but I, I don't even care how it gets out of the house anymore. Even if we have to put it in the trash, I'm not <laughs> sure who needs that much. Uh, we just yeah. so it gives them a little bit and let them have like some say so in their structure, and they are learning how to balance treats. I, um, and that's
0: amazing. Get, yeah. I love that. You will believe sure. this. A first grader said last week. Yeah. Um, the teacher was talking about candy, probably because it's Halloween or whatever. And literally, one of the kids was like, "Oh, candy is so full of sugar. It's 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 not bad. It's not good for you. No, I don't like it." And I was like, "Wait, who are you? <laughs> so awesome. What? I've never heard a kid say that. I was so amazed." I um, love that. you know, um, wow, that's impressive for those families.
1: It's incredible. It's still, that they huge. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be talking. About- no, yeah, good.
0: I, I do. I do it too. It's hard not to.
1: We're so yeah. We're, it's just how. It-
0: well, yeah, no, it, like type two diabetes used to be called adult onset diabetes.
1: And now we have kids who have type two diabetes. Oh, it's so and good. so it's like looking at, you know, my kids and I just did a, we were doing some, we always are looking and exploring things. Here's a fun fact. Three feet of sugar cane is what makes up one teaspoon of sugar. So I've taught the kids and I did this last night, even with our candy, we flipped it over and we looked at it and said, how many added? Sugars, so i think it's a little over four grams per teaspoon so we're like okay it's fun math project too so we're like okay if this has eight grams of added sugar that's two teaspoons of sugar right so that's six feet of sugar cane and it's like nowhere in nature will we be eating the only thing that does that that i know of is like big giant you know what I mean? like what does that so
0: um oh it's just not yeah. too, too much it's, for our it's it's a pandemic it really, it's an epidemic, like sugar, Mm. the, the, the pounds of sugar, when, when they actually like calculate the pounds of sugar, people are eating like a month and then up to a year. It's like, oh my gosh. It's a lot. It's it's a a lot. Okay. So let's go back to food. Like when your kids were young, how did you start eat teaching them to eat vegetables? What if a parent has a kid and they're like, oh my gosh, it is like a struggle to get my kid to eat. What, what have you seen? What did you notice? And what would you recommend? so if they're
1: already like uh, an element, you know, by the time kids are three or four, they're starting to understand what they what they do and what they don't like, and also they're starting to know what they can. I don't need to say this, but look, Mama, of four. I I'm going to like. They're starting to understand what they can control about their environment and what they can't, and so I think the one thing to remember is it's not a punishment to eat fruits and vegetables. It actually is a really great thing, and so. If you keep it available and you keep it fun, eventually the kids are going to start to learn, like lean toward it. So, um, you know, people say, well, my kids don't eat broccoli. Well, when's the last time you offered it to them? When's the last time it was on the table and just became normal part of your meal? How many times have we had something where we're eating it and the kids are like, oh, that looks good. Can I have a bite of it? And you're like, it's spaghetti squash, but sure, here, yeah, have a bite. You know, it's when it no- becomes normal. Yeah it will become accepted. And so I'm not saying force your kid to have broccoli, but I am saying, just don't take it away. Leave it out there, have it still be available. And we've done lots of fun things over the years to encourage more vegetable eating. We love, um, I we call it produce bingo. <laughs> um, So I actually made, it's so fun. Um, we I made a little, just a bingo yeah. chart. And in each square, I wrote a little challenge for the kids to do. So it would be like, eat something green today. Okay. <laughs> Um, eat eat a vegetable that starts with a C, like celery or carrots or whatever. And just kind of made it a challenge. And when they filled up their bingo sheet, they got a prize. And it would be like, we get to, it doesn't have to even be, you know, I think people find prizes and money. Like it could be, oh, we get to go to the park today
0: and go play, um, volleyball. I don't know. Something. Something they like to do. Like they get to choose it. Yeah. So fun. I love that idea. That is so creative. That's brilliant.
1: We also like there's a pro we play um we do lots of produce games i do um probably i don't know what you would call it produce scramble or something remember that show supermarket sweep from a million years ago no <laughs> Oh, no, go
0: ahead tell me it
1: they run through the grocery <laughs> store and they try to find all this stuff I do that with the kids in the produce department and i just tell them all like okay you get to pick anything you want from this area Go try something new if you want to. Whatever it is, we're going to get it. And then we're all going to try it as a family. Oh, awesome. And so I give them a timer. I'm like, okay, you have 25 seconds. Like, don't knock over any old people. And just go have fun. And they just <laughs> run through and they pick something and put it in their lunches every week. Or we just, oh, you know, my gosh. and it's just kind of opened the door to, like, we didn't even know. I didn't know what one of the vegetables we even had
0: was. I had to Google it
1: and figure out how to even eat it.
0: <laughs> that's so but- there is stuff at the store that I go to like this produce shop, and I'm like, I gotta pull out like the Google, like, what is this? Yes, I know. And that I makes know. it like exciting. It's not like yeah. you have to eat it, asparagus. It's like, oh, cool. So, now, did, you, them- did your kids um, buy lunch from school? Did, did, they, did you always pack for them?
1: It's a great question. Okay, so I homeschooled for a long time um, until I got divorced. Once I got divorced and I started having to pick up extra jobs, um, I was oh. like, okay, this ain't gonna work <laughs> because, I, you know, it's a lot of things. And my kids were little. So I did move into a season where they were in public school. And, I, well, here, I'll just be super transparent, Karen. We were on food stands for a season oh. uh, when I was divorced and trying to get our lives together. Yeah. And so, yeah, my kids did lunch at school because they could. And, um, I didn't have to pack it. And as a mom, this was actually, I'm glad that we're talking about this as a hippie mama who had always made all the things for her kids and tried all the things I was freaking no. out. yeah. I bet. Because it's yeah. like, you know, just knowing what they're eating and they have free reign and it's like here, eight year old go figure out like, Oh my gosh. And as much as I do see, we're in Arizona now and I do the, the ladies who, oh my goodness, and the men who put the time and the effort into planning for the children and really helping, it's so good. But it's just not great, you know? It's just not the best choices sometimes. And so it was a lot of like surrendering, but this is what I know. Number one, um, because we had talked so much about nutrition as a family, and we would talk about their lunches when they came home, I'd say, what was your favorite part of your lunch today? And they would say, oh my gosh, the." chocolate milk. Okay, great. I'm like, Oh Lord. What was the, what was the part that you didn't like about your lunch today? Where do you feel like you had the healthiest choice today in your lunch? And I know that what we celebrate will continue. And so I would say, you know what, I am so proud of you for choosing to have those, that vegetable, whatever, instead of the chips that you could have gotten. And then it became like, you know, like I, I, they knew I was going to celebrate things. Gosh, I'm so excited to hear that you chose to have some water today instead of that chocolate milk. That's amazing. Like way to go. And that celebrating just created a culture of like, how can we win today? And, um, until we got to a point where I could start packing lunches again, because that's, you know, I, I grew a business and was able to do a lot of things financially and we were able to go back to packing lunches. So now I'm Totally into the uh if I could put a plug in these for these. I've gotten them online, I've gotten them on Groupon, I've gotten them at Target. They're called Bentgo boxes or bentigo Oh boxes. yes. The kid there's so many kids have
0: them. They're so cute. They're like these identical Yes, yes they're amazing. They're like little plastic little compartments and they have their little, little peas. They have their little five little squares of cheese. It's yes. so cute. Nothing leaks out of those things. You put veggies and a little dip. I we I don't know who is. Yes.
1: I think they were, I literally don't know how we did it, but I was like, these are awesome. And the kids could even pack like cottage cheese, like we pick a protein. So here's the, this is the tip, the kind that we go by in packing lunches and preparing food. If you think of a nine inch plate, one half of the plate is a vegetable, like a, a vegetable or a low glycemic fruit type deal. One quarter of your plate would be a protein and one quarter would be a starch. And so when we pack lunches, we kind of do the same. I have one one little guy who just, I mean, honestly, he would, he would love to live on like peanut butter yogurt bars. Like that's all he would want to eat, but (laughs) challenge it a little bit. And so we've done things like cottage cheese with fruit and in a in a little container like that, you can close it and it doesn't mess around. So like lower
0: sugar options that are still, you know, a protein and a fruit and things like that. And you know what's really good is actually to pull out the list of low glycemic fruit. Because once you look at that, it's, it was really eye-opening for me because I didn't really realize some fruits had so much more sugar in them than others. And it just is really good to know, so good. pull that out. That, that's actually really, really great. And then they can be like your go-to's, your first go-to's, because they're the healthier go-to's. And that's really helpful as a mom.
1: Totally. And I'm like,
0: I always kind of feel like if, you know, the, if the worst thing that happens in the day is they've
1: had too much fruit, I'm like, oh, okay, we're in a good direction, <laughs> you know, like, so, but at the same time, like you said, there's that, no, you know, knowledge is power. It really is. And so going in and knowing the healthier choices is only going to help. Um, even with the vegetables, there's a lot of vegetables that actually have had a phone come in.
0: Okay. So, uh, oh
1: but almost as much sugar as, um, fruits. So like higher glycemic, and sometimes it's not the carbohydrate or the amount, it's sometimes it's not the amount of carbohydrate. It's the type in the foods that will spike. You know, ultimately what we're looking to do is help that insulin level not spike, you know, stay calibrated. And so sometimes the higher glycemic veggies even will spike your, spike your sugars up a little bit. So it's really, it's fascinating to learn, but I always feel like I I can go, you know, I, like I used to be one of those people who would learn something and be like, okay, I'm throwing everything we own away and we're starting
0: for like, Mm-mm. Start with a baby. What one thing can you do today? That's so well, true. Because you know that's what? actually realistic. Like when people are like, oh my God, I can't stop everything I'm doing and then like shift this entire, like it's too much. And then they just, they, yeah. they realistically can't even do it. So it's like, what's that one little thing that you could do today? What's that one little switch? Which one area are you going to say, oh, instead of this, we're just going to try that and keep all the rest. So you slowly, and I love what you said about celebrate because that's so true because how do you help your kid change their pattern their thought, their behavior about something, and that's really helpful. I love that you said uh, to celebrate that. And then they're like, "Oh, ooh, wait, I'm going to do that again because yeah. that kind of felt good." Yeah. Um, and and probably building that at such a young age because that's probably the hardest thing when you have to reverse what you've what they've watched you. <laughs> There's a big one. Yeah. There's a big one. You can say all day long, "Don't don't eat this, that, and the other." And if they see you eating it, like they're like, "Whatever." So that's something to always keep in mind. Like you said, we're not like robots. We can, we're not, not going to do everything perfectly. Don't overwhelm yourself, but uh, very simply one thing at a time. I love that. Yes, totally. And I, that's such a good point. You know, kids are so
1: smart. You can tell them all the things, but they are little sponges and they will, what they see, they will duplicate. And yeah. so it's really, um, it's so cool because it means that we can really give them an opportunity to you know, to, to see what, and it's also so scary because it means that yeah. they're everything we do. And so I think often it's like that old cliche analogy where like, if you put the oxygen mask on yourself in the airplane, if it's going down, you put the oxygen mask on yourself yeah. um, and then you can help those around you. And I feel like that's one of the things that I coach a lot of mamas through. Like there's a lot of mom guilt in taking care of ourselves yeah. And especially, you know, as a single mom with those four kids, anytime I took time or even invested in myself financially, mentally, spiritually, anything like that, where it took away from me being this like honey boo-boo juggler over here of all of life, I felt so guilty. And what I have learned in um, in all the years I've been doing this. I've been doing this a long time now, I've been a uh, coach for seven years, over seven years. But um, I've learned like there is so much value in loving ourselves and showing how to love and take care of our own self. Because if we think about it, like the, I would never want my daughter to pour herself so empty
0: because okay. she's, yeah, go ahead. Never want her to pour herself, deplete herself to
1: be, I'm I, like, take care of yourself as you are taking care of others. Yes. And so mama's like, you know, and papa's out there. It's it's okay to take care of yourself, to get a good night's sleep, to set yes. a bedtime, to set some structure and your kids will appreciate it. We do a last call every night, Karen. What's that? Um, What's that like? Okay. This is from working on my restaurant days. And you know how like at the end of the night in the <laughs> restaurant, all through college, all through the um. It was the kitchen calls last call and it's like, we don't care what you're doing, what your plans are. This kitchen is shutting down. So get your last thing in and then kitchen shuts down for the night and it'll reopen again tomorrow. And I do that in my home. So we do a last call right around seven o'clock and we do a nighttime snack, a good bedtime snack kind of rhythm is think um, like 120 calories or less okay. and you want um, about we try to keep like um, I'm trying to think of a good structure in that plate. Think of the plate thing again, like half, some kind of low glycemic, a little bit of protein, um, maybe a little bit of fat, like an apple with some nut butter is a great healthy snack or, um, you know, 10 almonds and uh, some strawberries or, you know, just something little. Um, Anyway, have like a low glycemic snack. It's your last glass of water. Everyone does last call. And then when the kids are done their snack, I shut that kitchen down. I clean it real quick. And then it's so beautiful because number one, I wake up to a clean kitchen every day of my life. It is glorious. Number two, the kids are learning to kind of get that last little bit of fuel in before bed. And it doesn't have to be right, but like it doesn't have to be hours before bedtime, but just a little bit just to let their bodies kind of get used to rhythm. And then we can start. And it just, it helps so much with everything. So you know, I, I think that. if you're going to start with something, I always think the bookends, right? How you start your day and how you finish your day is like two things that are a little bit more in control. That's where we started. Yeah. I started with, how can we start? And then oh, how can I we like finish? That. And then we kind of plug the middle in as we go. That's <laughs>
0: Sometimes a little that's crazy. Good. Yeah, and, and what about water? How do you get your kids to drink water? Okay, so this, this we did a challenge one time and it was so fun. I
1: um actually my one daughter, my younger daughter, is super artsy. She loves to draw. And she was only probably like nine or ten at the time that we did this. And I put her in charge of drawing us um some type of like little tube that we could color in as the go. So as the kids, I challenge them to drink. I always think half your body weight in ounces of water is kind of a good rhythm. Yeah. So if your kid is about 60 pounds. Well, maybe that's about thirty ounces of water that they could drink in a day, and that's great, right? Okay. So I would challenge them to their, how many glasses, and they each had a beaker, and they just kind of filled it up. And at the end of the week, when they had filled up their little beaker every day, they got a new fancy water bottle that we bought. At and uh, that worked for them. It worked. Sticker, you know, everyone like everyone loves stickers. Grown ups love stickers. I have client, adult clients where I'm like, girl, make yourself a sticker chart. When you rock your day, put a sticker, and then you can see all your progress. Get a, a clear glass jar and put like a little pom-pom in it every time you rock your day. There's something powerful about that reward system externally to intrinsically motivate us. And once you develop a habit, right. it's easier to keep it right. going. You know, it's like making a roll in a pool. Once you get the current
0: going, you don't yeah. have to work so hard to keep it. It's just kind of a little bit. Yeah, so, so it's so kind of all- starts- All these little changes that you are sharing, if you slowly implement them over time, it won't be like this big, huge change that's so impossible to do all at once. And then like you said, it'll become part of a habit and you won't even think about it. Right now you think of it and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like all that stuff. Um, yeah. it's like going to the gym. Like for some people going to the gym, it's just like, I just go to the gym. Other people are like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out what I'm going to wear. And then I'm just, do you know I'm going to take And they like all the things and they just trip, trip themselves up over it. But once you get in the rhythm and the routine, you're like, this is what I do. And there's, 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 it's not that big of a deal anymore. So right. that's really, really good. Okay. So what's one last thing you could share with our listeners, something that you want to leave them with eat, for their kids to eat healthy here. Hmm. Um, I
1: would say, can I say two things? One, the first one is keep it simple. If it is complicated, no one's going to keep up with it, including yourself. So pick one thing to focus on per week and gradually, you know, see how it goes. And the other thing I would encourage you to do is to not stress about it. Just keep it available. This is my tip number two, keep it available. Keep at it you know nothing changes immediately that's called a miracle most (laughs) nature take time to grow and to develop right so we're not expecting your six-year-old to all of a sudden love every vegetable out there and ask you for them but I, I do believe over time with like, even having a little muffin tin out with little different snacks in it, just watch. If it's available, if it's easily accessible, and it looks good, there's lots of studies that show if things look pretty, we're more attracted to them and we wanna eat them. So if it's easily accessible, then they will gravitate toward it. So just keep it available, keep it simple, keep it light, and um, it'll slowly start to change the dynamic of how your kids feel with their bodies.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. And I can't wait to come back on together uh, and talk about one of the other fun areas that you talk about because this was so much fun. I always love talking with you. Thanks. And so how can someone find and follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram,
1: CarrieAnn.UnderCoffler. It's literally my name. So I wouldn't forget it because I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. that
0: was That was so fun. Thank you for your time. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being you. And I can't wait to see you soon again. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy we met. You don't even know. This is just so, awesome. That's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.